It's Monday, December 11th, and you're listening to Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Good morning. I'm Gabriel Hilti, and this is Morning Mixtape News. It's the second week of December, which means the start of our winter programming here at Morning Mixtape News. Over the next couple weeks, that means we'll sometimes have fun holiday episodes and a little break from the news. You can keep updated on the headlines anytime by visiting metradio.ca or your favorite independent news outlet. That's all the programming updates from me today because I'm still bringing the headlines before a special holiday segment. Here they are. The US is the only member to veto a UN Security Council call for a ceasefire in Gaza. The U.S. State Department also bypasses Congress to sell ammunition to Israel. And in Ontario, a Hamilton tenant fights a rent eviction. The data shows the Rental Housing Enforcement Unit only investigates a fraction of cases and finds even fewer. Then, Krishna Priya joins with a holiday special on the hidden histories of gingerbread men, and after, the weather forecast rounds off the show. Let's get into it. In international news, progress for a ceasefire hits a stumble in the continuing conflict between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Global News and others report the United States on Friday was the only member of the UN Security Council to vote against and veto a motion to demand an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Thirteen other members of the 15-member council voted in favor, and Britain abstained from voting. The U.S. told the Council that the draft resolution had rushed an imbalanced text despite itself adding substantial revisions. The veto by the U.S. now leaves the U.N. without a clear path to stopping the conflict now lasting multiple months. The day after the U.S. veto of a ceasefire, the Biden administration announced an emergency sale of ammunition to Israel without consulting Congress. The State Department said, quote, it is vital to U.S. national interests to assist Israel, quote, in a statement on the sale of what are more than $100 million worth of ammunition. Bypassing Congress means the sale will not be subject to a required review of foreign military sales. The Guardian reports that the U.N. chief vows to continue pushing for a ceasefire in Gaza, despite the U.S. veto and recent developments. Secretary General Antonio Guterres said on Sunday he wanted the Security Council to push to avoid a humanitarian catastrophe. Guterres said that despite the Council failing and being, quote, paralyzed by geostrategic divisions, quote, he will continue to push for a ceasefire that remains urgent. In Ontario, data shows that the province's Rental Housing Enforcement Unit rarely investigates cases and issues fines even less. CBC News reports Hamilton tenant Darlene Wesley was renovicted from her home after nearly 20 years. Wesley alleges her landlord illegally evicted her last winter under the premise that it would be temporary to do major renovations. As soon as she moved out, he rented out the unit to new tenants for more than double her rent of $720 a month. Wesley wants Ontario's rental housing enforcement officers to investigate. The data obtained by CBC News shows her chances are slim. The Rental Housing Enforcement Unit, RHEU, has the power to investigate complaints and fine up to $50,000. RHEU data from the last three fiscal years shows an average of close to 19,000 calls per year from landlords, tenants, and other parties. 
Of these calls, only 1,500 results in opening a case. Most of these cases are then closed at the compliance stage, often when a, quote, successful intervention has been reached. Only around 200 of these cases, or 13%, lead to an investigation, with less than 1% ending in a conviction in the Ontario Court of Justice. The Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing that oversees RHEU declined to provide a comment or answer questions on why so few calls result in cases and convictions. Douglas Kwan with the Advocacy Centre for Tenants Ontario says the RHEU is supposed to work as a low-barrier way to resolve housing disputes. It works in conjunction with the Landlord and Tenant Board LTB. CBC News reports the unit has a budget of $1.8 million a year, which is lower than other agencies. The Ontario Animal Welfare Agency, that also employs officers to enforce provincial law, has an annual budget of $21 million. Wesley in Hamilton is now waiting for the RHEU to take action. The unit first got in touch with her after CBC Hamilton first reported the developing situation in March of this year. She is now waiting for a scheduled interview with an enforcement officer. Switching from the headlines to our holiday segment, here's Krishna Priya with the hidden history behind Gingerbread Men. Good morning, I'm Krishna Prasad and welcome to this week's Hidden Histories segment, where I talk about the little-known stories behind our everyday world. It's officially December, and with it comes the holiday season and the plethora of food, because when the chips are down, every winter holiday has a boatload of really good food. So today, we're talking about the gingerbread man. Love it or hate it, you have to admit that it's an iconic winter treat, but it's also got an interesting little backstory. Most of the big gingerbread revelations came from Germany, France, Britain, and the Netherlands, but they weren't the only people to try their hand at it. The earliest known versions of gingerbread were likely not bread, nor did they have any ginger, according to Michael Crondall, author of Sweet Invention, The History of Dessert. Instead, he claims that they were more similar to honey cakes, enjoyed by ancient Romans during Saturnalia festivities. Fun fact, eating the little man-shaped treats were supposed to symbolize the human sacrifices for the gods that topped off the party. And now we eat them at our family-friendly holiday parties. While the jump from there to the 15th century is a bit mysterious, there's evidence of a similar treat from a medieval cookbook recipe with a chewy and reportedly toffee-like texture. Interestingly enough, it didn't call for ginger either, instead using honey, powdered pepper, saffron, and other spices like cinnamon. Late 16th century and mid-17th century cooks swapped out honey for sugar and later molasses. Time magazine cites the first appearance of the iconic gingerbread man to be in the 16th century, however. Queen Elizabeth I was known for her extravagant dinners during that period, and one of the wonder servants that helped make that happen was her royal gingerbread maker. Perks of royalty, I guess. As the English Renaissance era boomed, the queen was exercising her own creative juices and decided to hold a banquet where the gingerbread was fashioned into the shape of the foreign dignitaries and the people in her court. A fun little bit, for sure, but also a clever diplomatic move considering it came at a time where many major religious wars were happening. This is also when Anglican-Britain relations were tense with Catholic France and Spain. 
The 18th century saw the invention of what could be considered the closest to the modern gingerbread, with the addition of butter and cream. In the end, we're left with the gingerbread man of our fairy tales and dessert plates. While their road to fame wasn't always the sweetest, they certainly make up for it with flavor and interesting history. So the next time you have one, thank your lucky stars you don't have to follow it up with something a bit more murderous. That's all for this week's Hidden Histories. I'm your host, Krishna Prasad, reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM, Toronto, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Krishna, for the backstory on one of my favorite holiday treats. Looking at today's weather, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of flurries throughout. The wind is also pretty active and cools things down quite a bit. Our high reaches 2 with a low of minus 2 into the evening. In sports update, a big story in the baseball offseason. On Saturday, the superstar two-way player Shohei Otani signed a record-breaking contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's worth 700 million US dollars over 10 years and is the largest by total and annual value in American sports history. His signing with the Dodgers came after the Toronto Blue Jays were rumored to be a top contender for his signing. Speculation here in the six hit high levels on Friday when a report was published that Otani was on a private jet to Toronto. Though it ultimately turned out to be false, that private jet was the most tracked plane in the world at one time on Friday night. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening to Morning Mixtape News with today's top headlines and stories in just 10 minutes. Make sure to stay tuned during this holiday season for more of our special seasonal programming. You can also check metradio.ca anytime for your latest news updates. For Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm your host, Gabrielle Hilti. We'll be back tomorrow.